You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. What's going on, familia? How's everybody doing? It's, it's awesome to see you guys. So good to be with you guys here today. And you guys are going to learn something about me today. That I can be a little bit of a storyteller. But I promise you, I promise you that I will get to some scripture that speaks to cultivating peace in our lives and each other's lives. Uh, but there's something I want to share with you guys. Very personal and very important story. Um, and here, here's why it's so important and so personal. In 1981, I was coming right out of high school, and I joined the military. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. It's like, wow, Joe, you're old. <laughs> but yeah, so I decided to join the military and become an Army medic. How many, uh, how many veterans in the house? How many active duty people out there? Ooh, awesome, guys. Thank you so much. You guys, you guys might be able to relate a little bit. Uh, so during 11 years in the Army, I, I got transferred around to several places. And one of those places was South Korea. And uh, so in the mid-'80s, uh, during this time of uh, getting deployed to South Korea, as you guys know, when you get deployed to uh, another country, there's like a culture shock, right? And for me, it was like coming from rice and beans to going to rice and kimchi. So, yeah, quite a culture shock, right? So while I was adjusting to that new culture, um, well, for, before I left, and, and this really affected me and, and still affects me today, before I left to Korea, my then new wife, we found out that we were going to have a baby. And uh, so I took off to South Korea, and she stayed in the United States. And here's the thing that started the whole, the whole thing for me. Um, she never had that baby. Matter of fact, she, she had a miscarriage. And that's a very tough thing for sure. But it started this shockwave of sorts in my life. And um, so I came back home to the U.S. And I learned this, that she no longer wanted to be married. And to make matters worse, I was getting reassigned to a location I, it's like middle of nowhere. Some people call that place Kansas, right? Fort Riley, Kansas, to be exact. And uh, nobody knew what I was going through. Nobody there knew what, was, what had just happened, the heartbreak I, was, I just had. And uh, it was not a good place for me during that time. And uh, yes, I had, my, I had my family back home here in Texas, but they were like what seemed a million miles away. And I had, I had Jesus, I, I was a believer, but somehow or another, I just felt like God just forgot about me for, for a little while out there. And uh, I share this story with you because I want to share this important truth, is that loneliness can be deadly. So what, a, what do I mean by that? What, what exactly is loneliness? Well, an article in Social Psychiatry it defines loneliness this way as feelings of perceived social isolation. 
feelings of perceived social isolation. Now, notice that it doesn't say that you are socially isolated, right? It says that you feel like you're socially isolated. So that means that we can actually be around people and still have this sense of loneliness. And how many of us can relate to that, right? And there are several types of loneliness. I'm going to share with you guys just three of them today. There is situational loneliness. Now, that's if you've lost somebody really important in your life, you might be experiencing situational loneliness. If you've gone through a divorce, uh, if you've lost a job, if you move from one state to another, if uh, maybe you're a student and you go from one school to another where you don't know anybody, maybe you, you can experience situational loneliness. And then there's intimate loneliness, right? Intimate loneliness, I mean, how many, when we're single, want that special somebody, that special connection, somebody to do life with, somebody to share experiences with and make, make memories with, right? And that perhaps is one of the toughest forms of loneliness, if not the toughest. And then there's relational loneliness, right? How often do we feel like we just don't belong, right? Maybe at work, there's certain cliques or at school, there's cliques and you see them gathering for lunch together and you're just not a part of that. Or you're, watching, you're scrolling through social media and you see somebody at a party and it's like all these friends, but you're not part of that. You might be experiencing relational loneliness. Now here, here's why this matters. And this might be a weird way to explain it, right? But, but here goes. Let's take this pack of cigarettes right here, right? There's 20 cigarettes in a pack. And this is just 15 cigarettes. I took five out. Now suppose that my son Josiah was smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's almost a whole pack. What would that do to him? Right? What definitely would not be good on his body. I'm sure we'd say stuff like, Josiah, son, you, you need to give that up. It's going to kill you. You need to quit. And why do we do that? Because we love him. We care. But also we know that smoking cigarettes can be, can be deadly. And in the same way that smoking kills, the mortality rate for somebody who's lonely is just like somebody who smokes 15 cigarettes a day. So loneliness not only affects your emotional well-being, but it affects your physical body as well. A lot of chemical reactions happen. So yes, medical research shows that it affects you this way. If you guys want to check out that article I got that from, we'll post it on at the end of service. Let me pause here just a little bit. Let's go back to that time in Fort Riley where I was not doing too good. You know, during that time, uh, I got to the point where I felt like I didn't feel like living. I felt I was having suicidal thoughts. And uh, it was a very hard time. And as a chaplain, what I've learned is that thoughts of suicide can be a normal response to crisis. Let me say that again. Thoughts of suicide can be a normal response to crisis. And loneliness can be a crisis. 
And maybe here's a first, first step that we can do, all of us, we can, we can begin to diffuse thoughts of suicide by acknowledging those thoughts, by acknowledging our loneliness. So let me, let me ask you guys by a show of hands out there, how many of you, how many of us have experienced some type of loneliness in your life? Right? Look at that. A lot of us, if not all of us. Now, here's another question. How many right now, is there anybody out there? And you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. You can raise your hand and your heart to God. How many of you right now are experiencing loneliness right now? Look at that. You guys are brave. Brave, just like the people that stuck these magnets up here last weekend about our fears. I walked and prayed through these magnets and I saw the fear of loneliness. I saw a fear of being alone. I saw the fear of being single. And I want to share my heart with you. I see you. I see you. And we at City Tribe want you to know that we see you. But more importantly than that, our creator, our heavenly father wants to say to you, I see you. I see you. Before we continue, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father God, use me today, Father, to share your truths, not mine, Lord, but your truth, Father. Open our hearts that we may hear of your compassion, of your love for us, Lord. You, Lord, are near the brokenhearted, Father, and you want all of us to have peace. I thank you that you see us, and thank you for Jesus, Lord. In his name I pray, amen. So what can we do about loneliness, right? How can we help others cope? How can we help others be seen? How can we ourselves, if we're going through a season of loneliness, be seen? What can we do? Well, there's a story in the Jewish scriptures, what we call the Old Testament. Story of a woman, her name is Hagar. And you can find this particular story in the first book of the Bible in Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 through 16. And I'm not going to read all those verses to you, but I'm going to summarize that story. The story of Hagar, she was an Egyptian slave who perhaps was feeling very much used and discarded. The Bible says that she was looked on with contempt, right? That she was treated harshly to the point that it took her into the wilderness, that she just fled into the wilderness. And it was right there in the wilderness that she had an encounter with the angel of the Lord, with God himself, right? And uh, he not only peered into her body, by knowing that she was pregnant, he peered into her future. Right? Prophetically speaking into her life, to her offspring. And check out what it says, right? It says in the Bible that she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That name for God is El Roy. The God who sees me. And get this. 
he knew her name. He knew her by name, Hagar. And she knew, he knew who she was, servant of Sarai, right? I just want to tell you that God knows your name. God sees you. And I want us to learn something right now. It's kind of fun. Robert, our sign language guy this morning, recorded how we can say, I see you in sign language. It's pretty easy. Check it out. So you curve your finger like that. Put your hand here. I see you. I see you. So look to your neighbor. Not only tell him I see you, but sign to them. I see you. I see you. And here's another thing. You guys received a name tag, right? I see those name tags out there. While God knows your name, we as a church want to learn each other's names. So I want to challenge you today to learn three names, right? I want to challenge you to learn three names. So look to your neighbor right now and by addressing them by name, say, Vita, I see you, right? I see you by name, Edward. I see you. Jacob, I see you. So check this out. You guys might have to stick that name tag on your forehead for me because I am bad with names sometimes, guys. Yeah. So how can we be seen? How can we be known? How can we help others avoid the deadliness of loneliness? I want to submit to you three ways, three peace practices of how we can do that. And they are wait, walk, and welcome the new. Wait, walk, and welcome the new. Turn to your neighbor and say, wait, walk, and welcome the new, dude. So yeah, we're going to start off with wait, right? When we're lonely or we know somebody who's lonely, we can first wait. Now, here's an, I know that you guys are thinking, but Joe, nobody likes to wait, right? I know I don't like to wait. How many of us like going to the, to the restaurant and waiting on the waiter or the waitress? How about going to HEB and getting in the longest line possible? We don't like waiting. Shoot, I am getting good at that self-checkout. I have memorized a SKU number to avocados. <laughs> Crazy, right? I tell you, I can tell some stories. So we can help others in loneliness by waiting with them. You can help yourself when you're lonely by waiting on God. And the scriptures have this word wait as the Hebrew word kava, right? Kava means to look for, to expect, to hope. But it's even more than that. Check out what it says in Psalm 27. It says, wait, kava for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Kava for the Lord. Now that word kava is an active word. That means it's not passive. We're not doing nothing in our waiting. We are active in waiting. So we're actively hoping on God, expecting him to do something, expecting him to intervene. We're active in our waiting. And while I know that none of us like to wait, I want to encourage you, especially if you're in a season of loneliness, to actively wait on the Lord. And how to, what, what might that look like? Well, you can actively wait on the Lord 
by reading the scriptures. You can actively wait on the Lord by praying and making room to receive, like Pastor Lee's been talking about in the Revealed series. You can actively wait by listening to worship music, listening to a podcast, right? We actively wait. And check this out. There's a verse that we we speak from up here on the stage. The pastors of uh, Pastor Doug and Pastor Lee mentioned this verse, and we actually have it on one of our shirts, on our T-shirts. And it's that Isaiah 40, 31 verse that says, But those who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. So, familia, wait on the Lord. You'll be strengthened. So much so, you'll feel like you're soaring. Wait on the Lord. The other peace practice that we've been talking about is walking. This idea of walking. Now, I love to walk, right? Just being out in nature, walking. And um, my wife and I, we've recently challenged ourselves to walk 20 miles in one day. Now, we've done it one time before, and it took us all day long. Okay, it took Vita all day long, but it took me six hours, but no, no. I wouldn't leave her out there alone. She wants to be seen. But yes. I got a little bit about what I'm going to share with you about walking from pastor and author Rick Warren. He's got a, a, a devotional called Antidote to Loneliness, and you can find this on YouVersion. YouVersion, in case you don't know, is a Bible app, a lot of Bible resources, a lot of different versions of the Bible, and a lot of devotionals you can read in there. And I'll explain it to you this way. He says in there that you can feel seen or you can feel safer when you walk with others, and I'll, and I'll illustrate it to you this way. I went hiking over in California, trails in California, right, Sierras, and they said they spotted some black bear up in, in, the, in the trails. So wouldn't you feel safer walking with somebody else in a place like that, especially if you can run faster than they can, right? So, yeah. It says, check it out what it says on Ecclesiastes. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts, right? For if either falls, his companion can lift him up, but pity the one who falls without the other to lift him up. And check out what that second part of that verse from Isaiah, talking about soaring like an eagle says. It says, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. So, Familia, walk with others. It's a great way to be seen. It's a great way to see others when they may need to be seen. And today, out there in the Tribe Connect tent, we have members of Walking with a Mission. We have members of High Heroic. So if you guys want to go ask them about those tribes, they love walking with people. Check them out. So we wait on God. We walk with others. And lastly, we welcome the new. Now, what do I mean about welcoming the new? Well, sometimes in our lives, right, we, we go through heavy-duty stuff, right? We may grieve the loss of something in our lives. We may have suffered some trauma, and it weighs us down. And uh, you might get stuck in poor patterns of coping. And some of those coping mechanisms might be addictive-type coping mechanisms like Drugs, alcohol, food, shopping, right? And uh, 
But here at City Tribe, we have a tribe called Cultivate. And that tribe can help you weed out that pain, weed out those poor patterns to learn new practices. And it reminds me of what the prophet Isaiah said a little bit later in that chat. Isaiah it said, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Look, I am making, look, I am about to do something new, right? So much we can do to move forward. So much we can do to welcome the new. Maybe, maybe you can do something to welcome the new just by getting out of your comfort zone and checking out Cultivate. Right? Maybe you can volunteer at church, volunteer at your place of business, volunteer in your community. You can join a tribe. You can attend a class. Right? We have Jesus 101, Prayer 101 here at church. We have tribe trainings. So much we can do. Pastor Lee is meeting today after the last service for those that are interested in joining the compassion team. So if you guys, if anybody's out there that wants to learn more about the compassion team, check out uh, after the last service, Pastor Lee in the cafe at 2.30. Also outside, we have NAMI. NAMI is a National Alliance on Mental Health Illness. And they have a program called Bridges to Care. Bridges to Care is their outreach and their educational program. And I have challenged a few tribe leaders already to join me in becoming a wellness champion, right? What is a wellness champion? Wellness champion is one that takes particular classes, six classes to be exact, in stuff like suicide prevention, mental health resources, six classes. And get this, they're free, free classes. If you want to learn more about becoming a wellness champion and they have a sign-up sheet outside, talk to uh, Donna and Jerry, real nice ladies. But yeah, I challenge you to consider that. And then there's volunteer chaplaincy. And you hear the term chaplain and you think, oh, that's somebody that went to seminary or somebody who was a pastor or something like that, right? That is not the case. You can volunteer as a chaplain. In most cases, they do require two particular classes from critical incident stress management classes. Right? So there's a little training that, that's not free. There's an application process. I belong to the rapid response team of chaplains with Billy Graham. And guys, it's an awesome experience to be able to deploy to a, a national disaster uh, here in the U.S., whether it's man-made or a nat you know, natural, like a hurricane or something. Very awesome experience if you want to do something like that. Any of these things that I've just mentioned, if you guys want to learn more, you have questions for me, my contact information is right up there on the slot on the screen. Or you can actually get some information on volunteer chaplaincy through Billy Graham, right outside by the Tribe Connect tent. Bunch of information out there for you guys. And uh, so, Familia, what are those three things that we can do to deal with loneliness, to be seen, or to... Help others be seen. They are wait, walk, and welcome the new. You know, perhaps most importantly for all of us, the starting point to do this, to welcome the new, to wait, to walk, so that we feel seen, we feel known, is this. You know, I talked to you guys about how those years ago when I was stationed in, at Fort Riley, Kansas, how I, how I was feeling and not in a good place. I felt forgotten, but like God just 
wasn't paying me no attention. And I know you guys raising your hands from these magnets up here in the front that I'm not the only one that has felt that way. But let me have you consider this for a moment. The son of God himself is no stranger to loneliness. Perhaps Jesus Christ experienced the most extreme type of loneliness there is. And uh, must have been excruciating when he said from the cross, from the cross, Eli, Eli, Lema Sabachthani. That is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, scholars say that those words, especially at the end, at the end of that question, are perhaps the most profound and mysterious words in the entire Bible. And here's an interesting fact about those words that Jesus was quoting from the saying from the cross. He was expressing the words from Psalm 22. Psalm 22 says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. I cry by night, but I find no rest. Like I said, how many of us have felt something like that? How many of us have questioned God? Where are you? Wondering why he doesn't answer. While God turned away in that moment on, on Jesus, on that cross, he did not forsake him. He didn't forsake me. He's not forsaking you. Look at what's written a little bit further in that particular Psalm, Psalm 22. It says this, and this is God now talking, Elroy himself who sees you. Says this, for he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. He has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. God hears you. God sees you. Let me close in prayer. Father God, Lord, I pray for all of us here, Lord, especially the lonely father. I pray that we choose to wait for you to actively seek you, Lord God. I pray that we can walk with you and others, Lord, that we may welcome the new and get out of these poor patterns, Lord, in our lives and move towards new ones where maybe we're serving or connecting with others. And Lord, I pray that you give us a kind of vision that like an eagle, Father, where we can spot somebody who needs to be seen, who needs to belong. And I thank you, Lord, that you hear us and you see us. Thank you, Father, that Jesus is no stranger to loneliness for our sake. So that those who believe in you would not be eternally isolated from you. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. Amen, guys. I want to thank you guys for being out here just today, listening to me a little bit. And I also want to thank you guys for, for your generosity. Those of you that give financially here to City Tribe. Thank you so much. And here's a reminder on the four different ways that we, we give here at City Tribe. 
Well, guys, go ahead and stand up. I want to speak a benediction over you. As you walk from here, walk actively waiting on God. Walk with others. Walk welcoming the new. And know that God is saying to you, I see you. All right, guys, y'all have a good day. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.